check test. Choctaw. Everybody's going Choctaw. What happens if I... Oh, okay. Yeah. Welcome to the show. This is my show. Thanks for tuning in. Here it comes again. Start right there. Right there. Hello. Hi, everyone. I am back for more chit chat. I'm going to call this observation and contemplation, as you have already seen in the title. This episode is mostly focused on things I saw or thought of in the past couple of weeks and wanted to throw out there for others to think about. Some of these things could be a little controversial, but nothing too wild. Pardon me. I'm going to try something here. I'm using a breathe right strip. I want to see if there's a difference in my voice. Is there? Is this better? Or it doesn't sound like someone is holding my nose shut? Let's just dive right on in to my mobile notes here. First, we have the lady I saw in the gas station this week. So, I saw a lady in the gas station this week. <laughs> I shouldn't say names of establishments, but <clears throat> this place rhymes with trick quip. Anyway, she was looking for an energy drink. I know this because she was in the energy drink section. Mm -hmm. She picked up a can to observe the flavor and ingredients. Then with her other hand grabbed a competitor's can of energy to investigate as well. She secured her choice with a nod at the competitor's can. Then she bent down to put away the loser energy drink. But instead of placing the can in the slot where she picked it up, she launched it back in the fridge. You know how most bigger gas stations have that uh, spring-loaded slot tray thing for the uh, cans, right? Right? Well, yeah, she turned the can horizontal and shot it in the back of the fridge. Like, gross, bye! <laughs> If someone was working back there, they definitely got kneecapped. She just shot it back at hyperspeed, closed the door, and walked away. She could not get rid of it fast enough when she realized how much she hated it. I don't understand how that seemed like the right thing to do there. What was, uh, what was going through her head, do you think? Would you do that? What should I have done? Um, excuse me, ma'am, but that was super fucking silly. <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of ma'am, that takes me to the next subject. Respect. In construction, I deal with dirty people, clean people, rude people, professional people, seemingly dumb people, and very intellectual and thoughtful people. You don't always get it, but I tend to see a level of respect in most of the 
people that actually make it a career instead of just the get me by job. I've been in plumbing and construction full time for 19 years now. I feel like I've personally been blessed with a good realization and knowledge of respect towards one another. Like I said, not everyone gets it or has it, but I feel like respect is and certainly should be a part of construction. Everyone has to come together to work as one entity in order to build something that will actually last. If you can't respect one another and what the other person or contractor is dealing with, it makes progress that much harder for pretty much everyone. It's not a secret that construction also comes with the dirty humor and the foul language, but that's like everything in life. It just depends on what you focus on and embrace. I try to embrace the respect factor more than foul language and dirty humor. I'll certainly laugh at a dirty joke, and I certainly use foul language, but that's not my point here. I'm <laughs> just being honest. I, I just It feels better to focus on the respect. A small part of that respect that I see in most fellow construction workers is responding with sir and ma'am. That's, that's definitely something I picked up from construction. Not to say that it didn't happen, but I don't recall my parents specifically teaching me to address anyone as ma'am or sir, but I hear it every day at work. I'm sure it's that way in many other professions, but maybe it just seems a little unexpected sometimes when thinking of a bunch of dirty construction workers. Well, I wasn't intending on going down this road, but it's kind of unavoidable now that I mentioned ma'am and sir. So speaking of ma'am and sir, in today's society with people transitioning and the gender fluidity, saying sir or ma'am could be seen as quite offensive, which honestly really shouldn't be that way unless it's done so with malice. If I genuinely think you are a man and address you as sir, but you are in fact not a man and scoff at hearing sir, I would certainly apologize and plead genuine ignorance, right? But if I continue to get berated for this mistake, I feel like that's just as unnecessary as someone intentionally mislabeling someone's gender. I mean, I would be the one being mislabeled at that point because I'm being scolded as though my wording was intentionally harmful, but it was just an honest mistake and I apologized. If I'm remotely unsure of what gender someone identifies with, I'm going to stay away from sir and ma'am. I definitely don't want to cause any harm or offense to anyone. Even if I don't understand something, that's no reason for me to be disrespectful, which this episode is very much about respect, even though it's not named respect. <laughs> Moving on. Another instance of respect is when we enter the door scenario with people. You know what I'm talking about. You're walking out of a store and you see a mom and son about to walk into the store. So you pause and hold the door open for them. They either acknowledge you and thank you, or they continue to look straight ahead and walk through the door as though it's always open and you are not even there. Does this sound familiar? 
Really quick, I want to insert another connection to construction worker respect here, because when I see this door scenario involving someone in a safety vest or, uh, you know, high visibility fluorescent shirt, it usually results in hearing a thank you, sir, or thank you, ma'am. It's not just a thank you. It's a thank you, sir, or ma'am. I don't typically hear that from the average dude or dudette. See if you notice that in the future, if that's just me. Back to the standard door scenario. Let's say you're dealing with the non-acknowledgement and lack of thank you after you just held the door open for someone. Doesn't it upset you when they don't acknowledge you? Of course it does. But how much does it upset you? Why does it upset you? The real question is why did you hold it open in the first place? Did you do it just to get a thank you? Did you do it because you want to seem like a good person? Are you a good person? I mean, yeah, I certainly get disappointed when I go out of my way for someone and don't even get acknowledged, but I'm not going to get pissed off about it. I have to remind myself that I didn't do that good thing to get acknowledged. I did it to genuinely be a nice person. Being a nice person without the acknowledgement kind of sucks sometimes, but I'm generally happier when I'm nice. When others are nice to me, I also feel nice and feel like being nice. Don't you? When I'm not happy and upset, I'd rather be alone, not around anyone, because I really don't want to be around someone else when they're all upset and in a bad mood. That puts me in a bad mood too. Emotions can be quite contagious, if you have not noticed. The nicer you are without worrying or focusing on the acknowledgement, the happier you will be, most likely. Imagine this. A person holds the door open for a couple and doesn't get acknowledged whatsoever. This person actually gets upset, shakes their head, and aggressively says, You're welcome! while walking off all huffy-puffy. <laughs> so, they were happy and kind, did something nice for someone, and then all of a sudden they're pissed off. All of that in a span of a minute. Alright, now, how long are they going to replay that in their head? They'll probably post about it on Facebook as soon as they get into the car, and then drive away still thinking about it. Replaying it and staying upset for quite a while after it happened. Then later they forget about it and they look at their Facebook, see the comments on that post, and they get all worked up all over again. Over that tiny little situation. An unnecessary situation. Okay, now picture that scene again with the door being held open for the couple and they both look over with a genuine smile and say thank you. I would bet all sorts of money that the person that held the door open isn't upset about that thank you. But they're also not happy about the thank you. They're probably more content than anything. They probably won't get in their car and immediately post about it on Facebook either. Like, hey guys, I went to the store today and held the door open for a couple and they totally smiled and said thank you. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Really, think about that. Why do we always focus on the negative? 
Why is it when people go to restaurants over and over and over again all year long, they rarely offer up a genuine review of something good? But the moment they have a bad experience somewhere, it's, oh, we're going to give this place a shit rating as soon as we get out of here. They're going down. <laughs> I've been guilty of focusing on the negative for most of my life, but I'm still a work in progress, you know? For example, when people would ask how I'm doing, my response was usually not positive. I don't, I don't know why. I didn't really, didn't and don't seek sympathy. Sympathy? Wow, I said sympathy. I'm going to leave that in here. Seeking sympathy and pity. I don't, I don't, I don't want any of that. So I, I don't know why my immediate response was to be negative. I, I, I don't know. But I've noticed that more and more where I'll think of something negative in my head when someone asks how I'm doing and I, I won't say that. I will immediately shift to something more positive and elaborate on that. Do you find yourself doing this as well? Back to observation. Hmm. I very often visit a store that rhymes with gnome repo. I wanted to vocalize the realization that we are collectively absorbing the job of the cashier. I'm sure you've noticed. At the uh, branch I mostly go to, I've noticed the cashier stations are pretty much mostly gone and replaced with the self-checkout stations. They got rid of the glass scanner type thing that you would normally see at a grocery store and then replaced it with a larger area and a handheld scanning device. You pick it up and you scan everything. I don't know why this feels any different than the glass scanner thing from before, but it kind of does. It feels, feels like I'm working there more for a minute. I mean, as long as I'm not buying spray paint and they have to make sure I'm not 11 or whatever, uh, it goes pretty fast and smooth, so I'm not complaining. It just, it just still seems kind of weird, especially when I'm leaving, which is what really sparked this observation to be included in the podcast. So as I walk out, somebody says at, at, from wherever, thank you. And I habitually reply, thank you. When I technically should be saying, you're welcome, <laughs> you know, for shopping at your store and scanning all my own stuff and bagging all my own stuff and really not needing you. <laughs> Once again, it's not a bad thing. It's uh, just an observation and an adjustment to uh, the overflow of technology. Okay, when you go into an establishment, do you find yourself looking around the store, giving it a once-over to make sure there isn't anything weird going on, anything suspicious? I've never had that habit, but I'm trying to uh, trying to do that sometimes. I mean, it's totally fine and normal to go in somewhere in zombie mode where you seem like you're the only person there and you just get what you need and get out. But when everyone does that, it, it seems a little weird, you know? There just seems to be more and more of a physical disconnect with us as a society, and it's honestly kind of sad. We have a great digital connection. 
I mean, we can get on Facebook and react to posts and fully immerse ourselves in thoughtful, meaningful comments and rebuttals. But if you were presented that conversation in real life, it most likely would, would have been different or maybe never even happened because you'd be so hesitant to engage in a physical conversation for whatever reason. Let's just talk later through my phone. I'm certainly not saying everyone is like this, but we all have our moments, and I bet there's more people rather than less that this applies to. A common link to these things I bring up would be cell phones. Cell phones are immensely discouraging people from physically engaging. And I mean, I'm just as guilty as the next guy for being glued to my phone for whatever reason. But as soon as I realize I'm wasting time or that I don't have a good reason to be 100% engaged, I try to put it down immediately because I get upset with myself for wasting time and possibly ignoring someone who's right in front of me trying to have a lax conversation. It's certainly frustrating to me when someone does that while I'm talking. So why would I want to do that to them? I'm on my phone a lot for work, looking at emails or documents or plans online, looking up tools and materials and photos I took of something five months ago that's now covered with concrete or behind a wall or whatever. Then on my lunch break or walking from here to there, I'll catch myself still trying to be connected to this stupid thing for social media or this dark game that I've recently become addicted to. It's ridiculous. Then I get home and guess what? Yep, pick up the phone like you need to be on it for some reason. It's a really hard habit to break, and I'm currently kind of failing. I did pretty good for a while, but I admit I've fallen back to having it in my face too much. Saying this out loud is pretty wonderful because accountability is a wonderful thing. I will say that I've been using my phone more for brainstorming things for this podcast and writing other ideas down for books and shows or movie scenes or whatever. None of which may ever come to fruition. <sighs> fruition. But it feels great to actually get the ideas out of my head and onto a medium where I can look at them. I'm not going to let that be an excuse to keep the stupid thing in my face, though. On to the next observation. This one will surely ruffle some feathers, and boy, am I happy to ruffle them! Speaking of cell phones, have you noticed the more common phenomena at red lights? You know, you're stopped at a red light behind someone, and it turns green. And... Um, go! What the actual F are we doing? It's more and more frequent that I'm at a light in a three-lane road where the light turns green and all three lanes sit still for a solid three seconds until someone honks or one of the people at the front of the line decide to look up from their phone. Oh my goshness, people. I can't stress enough how dangerous we are all living on the road right now. Using the phone while on the road is something I have greatly reduced over time, but I still fail sometimes. But that failure is such a low percentage compared to the carelessness I used to have and the carelessness I still see people having today. If you've ever been in an accident, you probably know how fast that shit can happen. 
Think about how long you're looking away at your phone instead of the road or the cars around you or the dog or kid trying to cross the road. When you're stopped at a light and locked into your phone, then get a honk behind you, you're kind of going into a panic mode. Like, oh, and then you hit the gas. Go, go, I, I gotta go. Well, what if there was someone running the red light to your right or left? You're about to get fucking walloped. What if someone was running through the crosswalk because they noticed you weren't looking up? Now you're about to be involved in a manslaughter case. Not that you'll definitely avoid these if you're looking forward, but you're at least more aware and you aren't texting or reading something because you can't just sit still with your mind for a minute or two. Not only is it extremely annoying to everyone else that's paying attention and driving, it is fucking dangerous. You are there to drive from A to B, not to be on your phone. It's a crazy addiction that we seemingly ignore or just make excuses for. If you're using the phone while driving, that's even worse, obviously. I've got to the point where I, I don't even want to talk on the phone while driving, hands-free or not. I just I don't need the extra distractions. I'd rather be enjoying some good music or listening to a funny podcast or something that doesn't completely distract my attention. Everyone has excuses. There's, there's too many. But, I mean, if it's a text, just call. If it's an email, close the app. It's an email. Emails are meant to be read and replied to at your convenience. Operating a heavy, fast hunk of metal is not a convenient time to be replying to an email. And if it's social media, man, stop! There is no need, no excuse. I do not care who you are. There's no reason for it. If something is that important, Pull over. Get off the road and stop endangering yourself and everyone else around you. I know a lot of people who record stuff while they're driving, and it makes me cringe every time I see it. If it's on one of those magnet things or the phone is propped up where you don't have to touch it or look at it, that's surely better, but still unnecessary. And you know that. Recording a video is one thing, but going live on Facebook is a whole other thing. If you're getting mad at me for saying this, good! Think about why you're mad. Why are you really mad? Truly defend what you're doing. Try to justify it. Jeopardizing your safety and everyone else around you. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <coughs> okay, the last observation I'm going to bring up in this podcast is the infatuation for ruining people's lives over an opinion or a threatening remark or something. I see this more and more with people. Somebody says something to you that you don't agree with or something that might upset you or whatever the case. And your first thought is to contact their employer to try and get them fired. Why? You want to get them fired because they called you fat? and said they wanted to punch you in your fat head? <laughs> well, I mean, was it a video of them saying that? Were they wearing a Target shirt when they were saying that? 
If so, then yeah, that doesn't look very good for Target. And you might want to let them know that they've they've got an employee posting mean videos with their company logo. I mean, some people I don't really think are that internet savvy. They could very well use it like a video game where you can just play around, say whatever you want, whether you mean it or not, and then turn it off and go about your normal physical life. And that normal physical life could be a complete opposite of their digital life. This might be a good person, a good father, a good coworker. They just might be pretty naive when it comes to internet repercussions. I guess a comparison would be like playing the game Grand Theft Auto. You shoot people, you steal cars and all that kind of crap, but you would never do that in real life, right? I feel like that's a, I mean, that, that's, that's what I'm getting at at least as far as my thought process here. Somebody could be a quote unquote troll on the internet but actually be a decent, normal person in real life. The internet game is just their outlet for the little crazy in them or something. I don't know. I'm not defending the crazy. I'm just defending the, the fact that you could say something or do something that someone else doesn't like and it could potentially ruin your life because you might lose your job, which can ruin people's lives. It's all situational, though. I'm not opposed to anyone trying to make sure an evil person doesn't have a platform. I'm defending the right of that quote-unquote evil person from being persecuted just because one person decided they were evil and should be persecuted. Let's flip the script on that and say you were the one who did something out of character and were mislabeled as a different person than you really are and were being petitioned to get fired from your job. So you had a super shit day. You go into a coffee shop and you have this specific thing that you get and for whatever reason they always get it wrong. But you're waiting for it today because, ooh, if they get it wrong, man, not today. I'm in a mood. So it happens. They get it wrong, and you straight flip out. You flip out for, you know, 20, 30 seconds and just go off on the barista, and somebody pulls out their handy-dandy cell phone and catches you. Well, they send that video to a friend. That friend puts it on the Internet, and now the whole Internet thinks you're an asshole. So all these people are now exposed to you, but they don't actually know you. They just know this video of you being an asshole. How many of those people on the internet now want to try to get you fired once they figure out you work for such and such company? Does that not make you feel a little different about the situation? You acted in a way that you don't normally act, and somebody caught you, exposed you, and now you could potentially lose your job. And that could turn your whole life upside down. And it was just 20 seconds of your life where you just let go. And that's out for everyone to see. That's scary. It's really scary if you put yourself, truly put yourself into that scenario. Just be more aware of what other people could be going through and what they might be dealing with. You don't know and never will know if you just assume and react. 
flip the script, and jump into someone else's shoes every now and then. It might completely change the outcome of a situation for the better. We're all human. We all make mistakes. That's just how it goes. Well, I say we're all humans. There might be some men in black type stuff going on somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) All right, guys, that's enough for today. Thank you for listening, and please respect those around you because you really do not have any idea what other people's lives are like. Also, please don't rocket launch your unwanted energy drink back into the gas station fridge like a jackass. Rusty's Escape Pod. Rusty's Escape Pod.